0: Garrett Tucker, the director of scouting over at Marquee Hoops, bringing you episode two of the Marquee Hoops podcast. In this episode, Bart and I are joined by new Mississippi State head coach Chris Jans. We had a phenomenal conversation with Jans, who's been on the job for just over two weeks now. In the conversation, we discuss a wide range of topics, anywhere from the current makeup of his team, Iverson Molinar's NBA draft status, and the unconventional coaching path Jans has been on to this point. In the second segment of the show, Bart and I recapped my trip over the weekend to Phoenix, Arizona for the first session of the Marquee Hoops West Coast League. I was able to touch on some of my favorite teams and players from the event. Make sure you're supporting the Marquee Hoops podcast by giving us a like and subscribing on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I also want to give a shout out to our chief sponsor of the show, Wilson's Office Supply. Be sure to head on over to wilson'sos.com for all your office supply needs. Richard Wilson and his gang have been servicing the Tennessee Valley for over 20 years, and they continue to do so. With that being said, let's get the conversation started with Chris Jans on episode two of the Marky Hoops podcast. All right, guys. Everybody, welcome in to the Markey Hoops Podcast. Um, welcome in, Coach Chris Jans, Mississippi State Bulldogs. Coach Jans, how's it going tonight?
1: I'm uh, just fine. How y'all doing?
0: Hey, just another day in paradise. Uh, Bart got out, been in the gym all day, so I don't think he has too many uh, too many complaints. Because I'm in the gym, and I got no complaints, Coach.
1: Pretty good place to be, man. I was in the gym today too, so you were probably in there a little bit longer than I was, though.
2: It's getting harder and harder uh, to go through some of that stuff, though, Coach. I don't know what it is. Might be, might be a little uh, – losing the step a little bit for some reason. It's called getting old, man. No, man. I'm having to come to grips with it, Coach. It happens to all of us, okay? Just
1: the <laughs> well, there,
0: you, there you go. Uh, well, also, uh, since I'm a little – got Bart, a Missi- uh, former Mississippi State player, Coach, you're the new uh, big man in town, so I had to come prepared. I've got me a good old cowbell uh, in case we get a little too rowdy just so I can fit in a little bit. Uh, So first things first, Coach, uh, I guess that'll be a good starting point. Do you have your own cowbell yet?
1: (laughs) I've got a slew of them now, man. Um, You know, there's a story behind the cowbell. When I went to talk to the Mississippi state folks in person. I had my wife go around town and, and I said, we need a cowbell. So I read up on the tradition and I walked in and I had me a cowbell. Now I had tape, you know, the clapper. So it wouldn't make any noise when I walked in and, um, Thanks, sat it down on the, on the table. I think, you know, it was like, everyone's looking at it. Once I had the right time to, you know, kind of explain what this cowbell was doing, mm-hmm. I kind of told them said, Hey. I'm going to be your coach at Mississippi State. And when I become your coach, my wife and I are going to celebrate it and ring this cowbell for the first time. Now, that was my like, you know, my little intro, right? I didn't realize that it's like sacrilegious to buy your own cowbell, that you're supposed to be given your cowbell. So, but I haven't out because I never rang it. And so they said that I was good. And the first cowbell I rang as a Mississippi State Bulldog was when we got off the plane and ad john cohen gave me a cowbell but i do i do i do have i'm lined up in my hotel room right now because i get to find you know permanent housing and we've got them we've been given some nice ones different sizes different shapes and um and I'm, I'm a pro at it now i know the proper angle and where i'm supposed to hold my fist and i'm a quick there's learner. a
0: there's a science behind it isn't it
1: i guess because really? the first time i tried it they all looked at me funny like that <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, that's awesome! I
1: read their body language and said, "Okay, I got, I got to flip this thing uh,
2: upside down." Right. There's a secret sauce, guys. There definitely is. But Coach, like, like this old, and this one's over 25 years old. This was my first one, and when, and at one point, if you ring it long enough, it, that the bell's going to come out. So you just put a shot, get your uncle to put a shotgun shell in the middle of it, um, and then you just tricks of it. the trade. All Church kinds of, of, tricks, tricks. of, All kinds of tricks. All kinds. Can't teach experience, man. You Can't <laughs> teach it. <laughs> exactly right
0: right well um yeah, god that's crazy you know uh you, you've been uh been the head coach of mississippi state for a few weeks now uh as you said you're still in in the hotel um so what's the past few weeks like been for you i know uh you guys lose a close one to arkansas uh ncaa tournament and then you turn around um soon after that and you're named the head coach in starkville so i mean what's the whole process been like for you so far
1: when you started that question, I started thinking, is it Monday or Tuesday? So that gives you an idea of what the process is like. I really, truly couldn't remember. Uh, I think it's Tuesday, right? It's Tuesday, tell me. It's You're Tuesday. right,
0: yes, that's correct. So I've been the head
1: coach for 15 days. Um, and the first week was a blur and most new head coaches at our level will tell you that. And I've been through it before, obviously, so I should have known what to expect. It's probably a little bit different than the SEC and a place like Mississippi State, but, um, at times, you kind of feel like a, like a zoo animal. To be honest with you, they kind of put you on a wagon and parade you around and take pictures with you know the cute little animal and, and all that kind of stuff and <laughs> make appearances. And um, but it was great. I mean, I've heard so much about the people. That was the thing that stuck out the most from colleagues that have worked here that were more familiar with. Starkville than I was and certainly more familiar with Mississippi State that the people are what's going to draw you into it and they're so friendly and they love their Bulldogs and um 15 days later it's it's rang true I mean it's people have welcomed us with open arms we've had the opportunity to you know meet a lot of folks on campus we've attended a baseball game at the dude which was an unbelievable experience I'm still getting familiar with Starkville as a community we've been pretty focused on trying to get this thing and lay our foundation. So we haven't spent a lot of time, you know, outside of going to and from the hotel and in our office, uh, other than, you know, the responsibilities that we have, uh, that my bosses are having me do with speaking engagements, etc. But um, just been really impressed with the people, met a lot of people that have worked here a long time. And this is my 13th school. So I've always felt like when people on campus have been there for decades and they certainly would have had opportunities to move and didn't. That, that's a pretty good sign. that it's a pretty good place to live. Um, and so I, I that's kind of made us giddy inside because we met a lot of people like that. So it's been fast and furious, but, um, it's about the best tide you're ever going to feel, you know, it's about the yeah. best tide you're ever going to feel. And we're just, um, excited to be here. Good deal. Well, coach. So,
2: you know, kind of staying on that same path, you know, Starville is a special place. It's grown a lot in the last, I mean, I guess 26 years since I got there, 27 years ago. Um, So just a couple things about since you've been in town still, uh, going back to that, what's the weirdest thing, like the weirdest thing has happened, like to you or to your family or something that you were just kind of like, huh, that's something. I, I swear i i'm not a
1: great storyteller and really uh, uh, the obvious the obvious okay so within the first nine days the tornado sign went off twice and i'm yeah. like okay and there's no basements and i'm from iowa and i lived in kansas tornado alley a lot Mm-hmm. And we had basements. So it was no big deal for the ter- tornado siren to go off when I was a kid. And we'd go in the basement and ride it out. You know, the old men would be out there checking it out and seeing if it's coming, but the kids would be only go outside, you know? And um, so that's been the weirdest thing is, okay, where do where do we go? <laughs> I mean, where are right. we going to ride this thing out? Um, and I was told that the hump is the safest place to be that Absolutely. we can have access to. And so, I was at the hotel. And one of my sisters up here, I'm like, now you got to scoop me up and I I need to get up there. And so we went down the floor and it was howling. We could hear the rain and, and we wrote it out. The one of them down there were making phone calls during the whole uh, tornado watch warning. So that's been the, the oddest thing is to have two of them in that short period of time. And I just, I've kind of got my fingers crossed here that no recruits are going to be listening to this. <laughs> weird, but uh, full disclosure, that's been definitely the, the oddest or weirdest thing that's happened since we've arrived here.
2: Welcome so, to
0: Mississippi, Coach.
2: I know, Coach. I mean, it's am from Alabama, and I go to This is This is part of the alley, man. They come through here all the time. But, but what's the, been the biggest wow? You know, when you got to start with the one thing that you, you were just – you were so impressed with uh, about Mississippi State, whether it be facilities, whether it be you – know, you did say the people, um, what has been that one thing that you're just like, man, I had no idea it was going to be this exciting?
1: You have to understand – you know, I, I'm that old song started from the bottom. Like you can't start any lower than I did, you know, division three volunteer. I mean, just can't, there's not much, you know, there's no lower rung on the ladder. Um, so I haven't, I've been more around places that were part of the have nots than the haves in my leagues and levels, juco, nei you know, all that kind of stuff, men majors and. To be in a place now that, you know, uh, the offices are are plush and they're clean and they're space, and I walk outside my office and I look down at a beautiful breakfast facility that's only ours, and I look below that, and we got an unbelievably strength and conditioning center with my own strength coach. I'm not sharing it with three other sports. I'm not waiting my turn or having to – know have different practice times because volleyball and women's basketball are all in the same gym um so the amenities that are available to us the resources that are at our fingertips fingertips and trust me i know there's other places in our league that have more but for us and for my staff at least the staff i've assembled thus far we're wide-eyed we're like Oh my gosh. And we get a coach here. I mean, we're going to, we have this on our chest all summer um, the amenities and how important it is and the platform and the eyeballs that are going to be on us. Um, so for us, that's been the biggest. Wow. Is, you know, what a setup, we got everything we need. Um, and for others that may be, you know, we're behind the race, you know, it's an arms race, if you will, for locker rooms and practice facilities and planes and, all the things that go into help your recruiting situation, but I may feel different in a couple of years. But right now, walking in the door, it's like um, just awesome to think about having these type of resources that we have.
0: All right um, to touch on that a little bit, Coach. Uh, you mentioned being at the D three, the NAI, JUCO levels, um, and one of my favorite things to do in the spring and summer, out on the road uh, at travel tournaments, is just talk to some of these, especially the young guys. Um, that are just getting into coaching, whether they just finished playing um, and whatnot. But a lot of these guys, and its I feel like it's more and more common now, they'll take a job at a Division two, a junior college, um, where they can go step right in and coach, uh, be on the floor, recruit, uh, as opposed to other guys that are gonna be GAs and they kinda you know, don't get to do that stuff right off the bat. Um, so with that being said, Throughout your career, you've climbed the rungs of the ladder. Um, how has that made you the person you are today? Um, how has it impacted you? And obviously, you've had a successful career, you've won everywhere you've been. Um, but I know that's very important to you, where you came from and everything.
1: I'm biased, but I just believe that when you're thrown in the deep end, you got to figure it out. You know, at this level, Everybody has a job title and some people wear more hats than others, but for the most part, you kind of specialized almost, you know, this guy's doing video and analytics. You know, this person's doing all your travel and camps and at the JUCO or division two or NAI, you're doing it all. I mean, from A to Z, and I don't think there's any better training ground. I just don't but there's a lot of different paths to get to where you're trying to get to, at least when you start on this profession. And you could talk to someone that, you know, had a cleaner, uh, more cookie cutter path, and it's worked out for them. But for the majority of us, that's not gonna be the case. And you're gonna have to grind it out a little bit and be at a place where that experience is just invaluable. Um, yeah, and I am, I mean, again, it's not something that I would, I think most young people would try to emulate. And when young people ask me about getting the business, I I, I look them straight in the eye and said, "I'm just telling you where I'm at now and knowing where it's going and what's going on." I would tell you not to do it. I mean, there's more people that have gotten off this roller coaster than um, you know, than that I personally know, and, and just hearing about other people, it just it's just enough enough. I got to have some stability in my life, and I've got to raise a family, and it can be cruel. And, you know, that ladder you talk about, well, it's a wooden ladder because plenty of rungs have <laughs> been broken below me and I've slid down plenty a number of different times. You know, it, it hasn't been a, a clean ascension. It, it's been up and down. And again, you know, scars kind of, you know, make us who we are, you know, as human beings. And I think that equates to the coaching profession as well. And and I got plenty of them and it's, it's made me better and stronger and smarter and more experienced and uh, probably has a lot to do with you know being where I'm at today. But um, it's just, everyone's, everyone's asked, how do I do it? And my answer is, just jump in, man, figure it out. Yeah. Get ready for the wildest ride of your life, cuz there's not many professions like it. And uh, but but it, like you said, I, I mean, I'm proud of it and, and, and it's made me who I am. I wouldn't be here without all those uh, starts and stops and uh, gypsying across the United States and being exposed to so many different people and, and schemes and ideas and what to do and, and sometimes what not to do. Uh, but we're And we're still trying to figure it out.
0: Right. Um, you know, one of the things that I respect most about you is on each stop that you've been, your players have, emulated who you are as a coach, as a person, tough, gritty, uh, always figure it out. Um, so how, and I know you've got a specific player that you're looking for and everything, but whenever you're recruiting a kid, um, what's those main things that you're looking for in a player that says, hey, that guy can come play for me uh, any day of the week?
1: It's gotten to be pretty simple at the end of the day. The obvious is, you know, you got to have talent. I mean, I'm not that good a coach. I say it all the time. Uh, I I need dudes. I need real players. I need guys that, when it's hard, can go get a bucket. And, But for us and how we try to do it, at the end of the day, the questions that we ask simply to the people around the kid, because the kids are always going to tell you what you want to hear. I mean, we think this recruiting is what we are telling him, and a lot of coaches do it differently than others. Most of them tell them what they think the kid wants to hear. I tell them the truth, whether they like to hear it or not, from day one. Um, But at the end of the day, for us, it's do you love basketball? Do you you love ball? Like, are you a gym rat? How important is this game to you? You know, because – There's a lot of them out there that play because they're good at it. Or there's a lot of them that think they can be a pro. Um, but do they love it? Is it important to them? Um, and and that's really, really important to me. That's really important to me. What I found is I do better with young people when they have the same passion for this game that we do as coaches. And I can it just solves a lot of problems. And then just the competitive side of things, you know, uh, they got to have a competitive edge to them. And, and that's a, you know, pretty, pretty tall, uh, question to answer because we're playing in a, a game at our level that you better be pretty competitive. So, um, them are of the things that we really, you know, try to figure out is certainly what kind of person they are and their character and how they're going to hold themselves. And I've got some litmus tests for that, but, um, At the end, it's it's their mentality, their approach, their work ethic, their love of the game. And um, we'll take a kid that maybe isn't quite as talented, but he possesses all those things we're talking about. And we've been fairly successful with kids like that. So that's kind of what we're trying to figure out behind the scenes.
0: I got you. Good deal. Um, So let's talk about your team right now. Um, like, Like you said, you've been on the job 15 days. I'm sure it's been a lot of trying to learn your players, get to know them, and same vice versa. Um, so what do you think about your team right now?
1: You know, today was the first day we were on the floor. Um, last week was just wow, trying to do individual meetings, you know, learn their names, uh, give them an right. idea of who I am and where I come from and, you know, what I envision this program being under our watch and then, you know, trying to get with some of their people at the same time. Cause you know, they're like, I told them all, you didn't sign up for this. It's it's unfair to you. I, you didn't sign up to play for me and it sucks, you know, it does. It's kind of the underbelly of college basketball. And unfortunately they're having to experience it now at the same time. I'm like, you know, life's hard too. There's going to be some twists and turns. So Definitely. this is one of them and you got to figure it out, man and let's get to know each other and see if you think you know we both align with each other's vision and you know how was your experience here so i've uh, been doing a lot of that and then finally we got on the floor which is you know kind of had a little more bounce on my step when i woke up this morning because you know we're going to see kind of where we're at a little bit rather than the video and kind of tangibly get a touch of them and and uh you know see where we're at so we did that and and they were all great very attentive Um, I've complimented coach Howland and their staff about the quality of people that have been recruited to Mississippi state. The ones I've been interacting with have been great. They love this place. Um, They seem to be, have their priorities in order. Um, So in terms of a team, you know, we're so far away to be talking about who we are. I know who we want to be, but in terms of who we're going to have to be, uh, because you got to tailor make it to the guys that you got and you have an idea and some basic tenants, but the end you better you better be flexible enough to be able to you know like i said you know play a scheme in a style that fits with what you got and we're a work in progress you know we've got guys you know moving around um exploring different options um, um and so um we've got to figure all that out and we're gonna, in the next few weeks and months uh it'll all uh, it'll all come together and hopefully it'll come together the way we want it to
2: okay so coach when you're Let's say it's the end of a game. Let's say we've been to LSU. Let's say you've been to Columbia. Um, You know, those tough places in SEC to win on the road. Um, That's something that we've struggled with. You know, everybody in SEC struggles with it um, from time to time. But at the end of the game, when you grab that stat sheet and you're looking at it, okay, and it's been a successful win, what does – what are those three key ingredients that that you want to see that we can look forward to seeing? Um, And then at the same time, you know, what does an ideal rotation look like, you know, in the course of the game?
1: That's no, it's an awesome question. Um, and some coaches, especially in this day and age, because of the analytical push that, that's been in, in our game, um, could fire off the three things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the rebounding percentages is going to be the first thing I look at every single time, uh, both at halftime and at the end of the game. But it's not the old school way. Like, it's all about percentages of rebounds. It's not about how many, like, oh, I could care less if we're a top 20 team in the country in rebounding differential, because it's about percentage, about available rebounds for your team and for individuals. And that's all we look at. So, that stat sheet, you know, it's got to be manipulated be a math to be able to get to that number which we do um but that's that's the first thing both offense and defense regardless of the game plan and then to be honest with you after that it kind of depends on who we're playing kind of depends on what we're working on what we what we think we need to do in that particular game or what we think we need to limit the other team to do in that particular game um but i'm not married to hey we got to shoot this percentage from three or, you know, our assistant generation needs to be that like, I want to play good basketball and and I want to be um, a smart basketball team and a hard playing basketball team, but I'm just not, I'm, I'm not married to a lot of things that way. You know, our staples have been defense rebounding and toughness that will serve you well, especially on the road. I've been proud of our teams on the road. I know it's going to be harder in this league, but that's something we've always prided ourselves on in Mexico State about taking the show on the road. And you know, we were the team that had the red X on their back. You know, We were the team that was circled more often than not. And I love that pressure. I love the fact that we knew we were taking other people's best shots. It may not be that case for us walking in the door, which would be kind of nice, um, that way. But I know the environments are going to be high level. I know the crowds and the coaching and the scouting and the players. Um, so we're certainly going to keep that mindset of, of the things that we can control with the toughness and the defense and the rebounding. Um, but it doesn't end there. I mean, there's offensively, you, know, you do it long enough and you, you realize, you know, you got to have the jimmies and the Joes and you got to put them in the right spots. Um, and, and we continue to work on that end um, all year long.
0: Speaking of uh, the Jimmys and Joes, um, one of the good ones uh, that you've got uh, right now is uh, testing the NBA waters, Iverson Molinar. I'm a big Iverson fan. Um, love the way he plays. Me too. Uh, uh, <laughs> so too. Uh, so what's uh, – have you got to talk to him any? Have you met him? What's his status? Uh, where's his head at right now going forward?
1: He's been awesome. Uh, he was at our first meeting. When I- you know, got off the plane two weeks ago or Monday, two weeks ago. He was attentive, looked me dead in the eye, shook his hand afterwards, had a short conversation. And then we had an individual meeting within a day or two. And he kind of laid it out for me of where he was at, what he wanted to do. And I was like, man, you got to play it and I'm all for it. I want you to play in the NBA that's going to help my job I'm put your picture up at the practice gym like these other dudes around here and we're going to celebrate you that's why you came here and let's make it happen uh, and i'm here for you uh, i want to be here for you uh, i'm a bulldog now and i know you you know you don't know me all that well but i could, whatever you need for me whatever you need for me I'm, I'm going to be behind you 100% and so that's how it started and we've continued to have conversations either physically or uh, via text or I, I just talked to him today on, on the phone and he called me during the workouts and I took the call and tried to FaceTime him to see his old teammates, you know, working out. Um, um, but so we're just, we, that's 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 why they're here. For most of them, that's, that's the goal, either to play in the NBA or play professionally and obviously get a first-class degree along the way and he's still taking care of his business. Um, but that's the landscape of college basketball right now. You're going to have a lot of situations like this across the country, and you better be able to handle it mentally and understand how it works. Um, and we're just trying to wade through it and, and be there for him and um, just see how it plays out.
2: Okay, I certainly like to coach him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Make your job a little bit easier. Yeah, with he's them. one
2: of those. He's one of those. Uh, he's one of those guys that can go get that bucket you're talking about when you need a coach. He certainly can. Um, and so you're spe- speaking of the SEC earlier, you know, and, and, and we all used to take pride back in those mid 90s um, because it was tough, man. I mean, Georgia was going to 2016. Arkansas was going to 2016. We was going to Final Four. Kentucky was winning. Uh, just all this. Auburn was number one in the country or number two in the country at one time. Auburn was the number one seed. So all these different conferences, right? You always hear about who's the best. Is it the Big 12? Is it the Big 10? Is the SEC? SEC is on the come up. You've played Auburn. You know, Auburn's probably best team ever. You know, you've played this Arkansas team, which Coach Must obviously he's got it going up there. Is there a difference in SEC teams? Um, you know, just as far as like the physicality or the way they play fundamentally, or is there one conference that always stands out to you that's more difficult to prepare against than another?
1: Again, another good question. Um, in my experience, the quality of just athleticism in this league is a different level. They're just the athletes um, that are on the floor and and not that they turn out skilled, but that's what sticks out the most is when you play an SEC team more often than not, um, you're gonna, you have to be able to try to mitigate their athleticism best you can. And it's really, really hard because it jumps off the page at you. Um, you know, some leagues, you know, like the ACC traditionally is probably a little more skilled, certainly it has got the athletes, but they probably get a little more skill, maybe walking in the door than a lot of, uh, of people do the, the big 10 teams that I have played against, just the physicality, uh, and the thickness and the strength of, of those guys. And the floor just seems so small because of, of just that, like physicality that most of their players, um um possess. but um you know it. Th- there's there's something to that no question about it like we just played uconn in the nc tournament and then we played arkansas the next game and some of our players could get once in a while could get an angle on their guy against uconn um but that was harder against arkansas because of what i just said the athleticism um, they were still, both teams were very well coached and well, very well prepared and, and UConn did some things that, that were better than what Arkansas did, but trying to just get an ISO and get in space and just get your shoulder by, you know, one of those guys was, was hard to do, you know, on an individual basis because of that athleticism that I just mentioned.
2: I can relate. Um, a little bit, um, I kind of know what all that looks like up close, yeah. so and that, was the, that was the point of it, I mean, it's just it's a different level that the average fan, I don't think, sometimes understands just how hard it is, oh, well, he needs to go here, oh, he needs to go there, well, you know what, man, they, 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 there's a lot in front of you there, so, Gary, I mean,
1: because most of the guys on the floor have similar athleticism, you know, I mean, yes. it's, 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 it's like you said, it's hard, I mean, it's hard to go from point A to point B, and then when you get out on that court and you put all those guys out, 10 guys on the court at one time, I mean, it shrinks, it's just, it's just, there's not a lot of space, you know, yes. that length and athleticism shrinks the court from, from, from an offensive viewpoint.
0: Yeah. And uh, I'll throw in this there too. Um, here the past few weeks, I've really been watching online, a lot of AAU tournaments and everything. Uh, and I was out in Phoenix this past weekend and you watch some stuff online or on TV. It, it doesn't, it's not even close to seeing it in person. No. Um you, you can't you can't substitute that being there, being on the floor and everything. So um well we've just got a few minutes left, coach, um before we wrap up. Is there anything really that you want to get out there for the uh the Bulldog fans that you haven't really got to mention, you know, say a lot to them yet? Is there anything that you want to say for the fans?
1: You know, my wife and I are just grateful to be here. Um, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for us. And I've done this everywhere I've been. I mean, when I was at all the head coaching stops, I've been wherever it was, I've treated it like it was North Carolina or dude. and I didn't care where it was and what kind of amenities I had or didn't have. And that's certainly going to be the case here. You know, now it's okay. I got the Boston Celtics job. You know, that's how it feels to me. I didn't really have a dream job growing up. I didn't, I didn't have mentors or parents that played athletics or had a clue about college basketball. I mean, I, I I'm learning as I go still to this day, but, um, that wasn't in, that wasn't in my wheelhouse, but once I got into it, I knew I want to coach at a place like this. And for me, what's really important is that our fan base appreciates how we play, that they're not kicking the can after the game or mumbling under their breath because we didn't compete. We didn't leave it on the floor. We weren't prepared. I we can't promise we're going to win every game, but I think we're going to play a style of play that they're going to be proud of that's going to resonate with this community and this school and our fan base of kind of a blue-collar chip on our shoulder. You know, we don't care who we're playing. We're going we're to give everything we got at you and let the chips fall where they may. Um, and that's important to me. It's important to me, and um, it's easy to say, but it's hard to do, because uh, it's got to be an everyday approach. It's got to be an everyday accountability, and um, and I think we're going to do that. We're going to get the right guys in here. Uh, there's been some great teams, some great coaches, some great players, and we want to get this hump back to where it was in the heyday. I certainly have heard a lot about it. I love hearing the stories. Wow. Um, you walk in there, and you can just feel what mm-hmm. the energy would be like if you could get this sixth man going like it was, and, and that's going to be one of our charges that what we're trying to get done.
0: Good deal. Well, Coach, uh, we we appreciate you coming on, joining us and everything. I know you're busy, uh, but it means a lot. Thanks for joining us again. Um, we'll both be catching you out on the road here in the next few weeks as uh, as the recruiting uh, live period begins.
1: It all sounds good. Next time I'll have me some cowbells uh, with me,
2: so You're not disappointed. <laughs> all right, coach, I can promise you ain't nothing about this is disappointing me. I'm fired up, coach. I hey, I, I probably can't get a stop, but I mean, man, I can go hard for about 20 seconds. If you bring me off the screen, I might be able to get do you one, have
1: one bucket? Hey, listen, here's what I tell you. You you probably got a year of eligibility left because of COVID or what have you, but like <laughs> there you, you go. Next year at this time. You're going to have that year of eligibility remaining, too, more than likely, man.
2: That's probably exactly right. <laughs> I can't argue with you. Thanks hey, so Mitch, much for joining us. I program. appreciate
1: it, man. Thanks for having me. Hope to see you guys soon. L-State. state
0: Welcome back into the Mark You Hoops podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Tucker, joined by co-host Bart Heitch, uh, former Mississippi State Bulldog. Uh Bart, we just had a great conversation with new head coach Chris Jans. Um, I mean, as an alumni, what's your thoughts? Uh first introduction, really. Uh, what'd you think about him? I mean,
2: um, I want to go play for him. I'm probably not good enough with all the players in the portal that he would even look at me though, Garrett, um, even back in the day, um, because I, I just, I, I think he, I think he's seen it at all levels, you know, and like what I took away from it the most was the fact that he's a worker, you know, he's not afraid of like he said, get in the mud, you know, and that's kind of what you have to do. But he, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot, of, he's got a lot of people, um, you know, basketball people that I know that are close to him that I respect and, you know, I just think it's a good – I think it's a good fit. You know, obviously you don't know yet. And the thing a like lot when he's talking about, like, the players in this and that, right now, he don't know. He don't know who his team's going to be. He doesn't know what – you know, but but he knows in his system. And, I mean, if you look at the record, I mean, he's won – like you brought it up. He's won everywhere he's been. Um, he's got a fire, you know, that you just – you can tell. And I'd heard that. And that's the first time I've ever like, – I've texted with him and stuff. That's the first time i ever conversed with him, like – you know um you know verbally and and able to like see him and and see how he's thinking and what he's doing and I just I love it he's a basketball guy man and uh I I think he's young and I think he appreciates the opportunity and appreciate what what Mississippi State can bring um that he hasn't had like facilities and all those things I mean that's a big 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 deal you know man I mean that's where kids are going to practice that's important to parents that's important to he's seen He's been at places where it's not like this. And I think that's a recruiting tool too. But I'm just, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to break bread with him um, at some point and uh, and just see where it goes.
0: Um, To put that winning in perspective, I read this somewhere. I can't remember where it was. So this will, this coming year will be his 13th year as a head coach. Um, So in those 12 previous years, uh, he's had, he's won 20 or more games in all but one season. Um, that, like 77% that's
2: seventy-seven percent winning percentage.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a not, lot, isn't it? That that that's not a coincidence. Uh, you don't just stumble upon that. Um, winners win, and winning has followed him wherever he's been, um, and he's been a lot of tough places. Um, I know. Great point. Um, it's not easy to win at New Mexico State. I mean, what's in Las Cruces? Uh, I know. Now, I know. That's a good job in the WAC, but still, it's hard to get somebody to come out there, uh, to give it to a kid to come out there. Um, but, you know, he's been there, um, head coach at Bowling Green for a year, won the most games they had won in years. Um, it's
2: Laranaga, probably, or close yeah. to it.
0: Um, so, He's done a lot of good things. I'm excited to see um what he does with Mississippi State. I think it's one of the most under the radar um hires in the coaching carousel this year. Um in the SEC, especially. Everybody's talking about Mike White to Georgia, um, you know, Florida getting a new head coach. Um and Matt McMahon at LSU, but I love this fit. I think it fits perfectly. Um He's gonna win there and it's not gonna be a process. I don't he's gonna win pretty quickly. Um, so I, I'm excited for him. Uh, and I think it's a perfect match.
2: Well, let me ask you this question because this is your expertise. So, you know, you know players all across the country. I mean, we'll talk a minute about what you've seen in Phoenix and you know what you're expecting in Orlando. Um, but according to a lot of people, the talent has been down in the state of Mississippi. All right. And if you look at the history of Mississippi State and and, and the, you know, most of the wall players, a lot of those guys are from Mississippi. So, like, how much of an effect does that have if Mississippi talent is better, you know, in that state? You know, you've watched Mississippi State recruit a long time. uh, And, and, and like, how key is that that the talent in Mississippi is at a higher level than it is now in the next five years for him?
0: Well, I'll start off by saying this. He is, and I really wanted to touch on this more, but we didn't get a chance to. He's done a really good job with transfers, attacking the junior college kids, getting those in. So I think that's still going to be his bread and butter. Um, but you know how it is, being in the South, it's hard to get. It's hard to get a kid from Mississippi to go out out of state uh, if you're a coach recruiting them it's just unless it's so, high
2: high high level right yeah I mean, it,
0: it, it's it, it's just how people in the south are for the most part I mean if you're from Alabama and you're good enough to you know play at Alabama and Auburn you're probably going to say there's a good chance I mean when you looks look at it, uh,
2: they told me I wasn't but I, I would have I was ready to commit I agree with that
0: I mean, recently, the main one that I can think of that left the state would have been Josh Langford going to Michigan State. And, I mean – An
2: outlier, but yes.
0: Yeah, it, it very rare. And you look at Mississippi State, um, the past few years, you've had Robert Woodard stay home, uh, Deshaun Ruffin going to Ole Miss. Um, so, I feel like he's got a pretty good shot to keep those top kids in state. Um, I think Mississippi State has some guys coming through the pipeline here in the next few years. Um, So I think he's going to find that mix of, you know, the high school kids in the south and also when you sprinkle in uh, them with some, you know, high-level transfers, whether it be uh, JUCO guys or guys in the portal.
2: I agree. I just think here's the deal. I think, and I got to give John Cohen credit, um and all the people that you know look look toward this but I think he's probably as equipped with where he's been and is knowledgeable about you know just the different circles of junior college what these kids are exposed to and what they might like not only when they get there but what they might like to hear and that's a big part of recruiting like you know that people don't realize I mean man everybody's telling you good everybody's telling you good but Who's gonna keep it real with you? And I think this guy sounds like to me somebody who's gonna keep it real with folks.
0: I agree. And uh well, like I said, I'm excited for him. I think uh I think he's gonna kill it um and sooner rather than later.
2: Oh, Garrett Tucker, let's go with it. I love it. Go Bulldogs.
0: <laughs> no, no bias whatsoever on the Marquinhos podcast, the La- ladies and gentlemen.
2: Tonight's the only night I get to have bias. Is that fair?
0: Uh, we'll let that pass, next let week, pass maybe, and next week we'll have somebody. And next week we'll talk about a little bit about Ole Miss, just to even it out, I guess. A little bit, but go ahead. So, um, but yeah, you mentioned it earlier. Um, I was in Phoenix this past weekend. Uh, we kicked off the Marquee Hoops West Coast League. Uh, my first trip out to Phoenix. I've flown over it a few times. Man, what a, what a great my favorite uh, city, man. My favorite, great city. My
2: favorite city in America. No yes,
0: it, it was awesome. Um, great trip. I didn't really get to see much. I was in the gym for the uh, majority of it, but. Um,
2: I'll show it, you the spots, bro. We need to go out there. That's where I get all my ink done, man. Um, um, yeah, we need to go out there, man. I, I've been going out there for years, but it's, it's beautiful. But how was it? Like, so who were some of the best players? Like, who were some of the best players, top three players you saw ish um, and best team. Yeah, so,
0: uh, like we said, we tipped off the West Coast League, um, primarily for teams on the West Coast, high schools, 17 U, 16 U, 15 U, and uh, it's something new for me, but I really enjoyed myself out there. Um, a lot of good teams. We had Team Rondé Hollis Jefferson, um, Arizona Unity. Um, yeah, and then it goes on and on, but that we had teams from California, uh, Paul George Elite came over, brought us a couple of teams. Um, we even had a team from Canada come down, Team Genesis. Um, and you really know you're on to something good whenever you hear comments like this. I talked to a couple of parents, they drove 30 hours from Canada to come to Arizona to play basketball. Wow. 30
2: basketball has been on the come up in Canada for about 10 years and they're good players up there, but that's, that's commitment. I mean, that's, that's, that tells me how much, um, Steve Nash, um, you know, some number one pick or some, some draft picks, um, Toronto winning the championship, all those things go together. Like we talked about Alabama basketball, you know, last week, dude, 30 hours.
0: That's Crazy. Awesome. Um, uh, you won't catch me driving 30 hours. I don't care where I'm going. Um,
2: There's a couple of places I might go, but have to, <laughs> it's a small list.
0: Yeah, But whenever I heard that, it just kind of reassured me. It's like, man, this, yeah. it, it, it reassures that, you know, hey, we're putting together something good. Um, if you're going to drive 30 hours for this, uh, it's, it's what it's built to be. So um, Team Genesis, they were really good. Um, I'm not sure what their record was. I lost count, but um, I'm going to say they probably went three and one on the weekend. Really good, really good group in the 17U level. Um, They've got some players uh, that are going to have opportunities to play um, Division One basketball. Uh, Also some guys that are going to get to play at college uh, programs in Canada. Um, One of their main guys that I think is going to be recruited a lot by a variety of different programs for the next few weeks uh, is big man Josh Francis. Um, 6'8". I saw your
2: tweets, yeah.
0: 6'8", probably 230, um, just a hoss. uh, Probably needs to be an offensive lineman. He could be a starting left tackle uh, and be a first-round pick before too long. But, um, you know, I told my buddy Ty Young this, I was like, man, this guy when he gets in a college weight room um he's going to transform um he's still got a lot of baby fat on him and he's going to trim up and be really athletic um so just he's going to get more athletic um and so i I can see him getting recruited anywhere from you know i'm sure with how things are going now division two juco's are going to be messing with him but he may end up being a mid-major player that's kind of the variety that i can see with that so he was really good really intriguing um excited to see where he goes over the next few weeks with his game um bart you know this as well as anybody I love finding the sleepers. Ooh, uh, and that,
2: do you that, ever. And you found some of them too, my friend.
0: That, uh, this weekend I, I was in hog heaven and I even told somebody, I was like, man, if I was a D2 coach, I would be having a field day here this weekend. Uh, and not to say that, you know, we had D2 talent. We had some really good guys, but, um, just being able to grind it out those coaches that can come out like that. Um, in the non-live periods for division ones. Um, they can cover a lot of ground. We did have some division two schools there, um, but another kid I liked was Connor Scales. Played for Cent City um, out of California. 6'4", six, 6'5", six, long, lanky. Um, could really get downhill and ha- had a lot of uh, sneaky athleticism. Uh, had, caught some big dunks. Uh, I can see him being a low major sleeper for Division I schools out West. Um, He played really well. So that's another one. But my favorite player um, that I saw was an unsigned senior, um, Malik Payton for Team Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Um, You want to talk about tough, gritty guards. This was a Chris Jan's type guard. Um, Just really... um, showed his overall game, 6-2, got to any spot he wanted, hit shots all over the floor. Um, And the crazy thing is uh, he committed to King University in Tennessee uh, earlier last week, I believe. Um, I have no idea how King University landed a guard from Arizona, but I'm not uh, not complaining. I mean, this is a division one talent in my opinion. Um, So he was really good and uh, you can catch him uh, my stuff on all of those guys on marqueehoops.com and my recaps. Uh, I believe they were actually in the um, top performers uh, part one. But, yeah, go make sure to go to the website. Check that out for sure.
2: You mentioned something I want to touch on because this is something that, like, kids out there, I've been teaching a lot and doing a lot of stuff with a lot of kids. And I'm trying to – what I've realized, though, and and, and you hit something with me, and we had not talked about this. So many kids out there in high school that are going to try to get recruited Two things. Number one, they don't know how to get to their spot. But if they get to their spot, they don't know what to do with it. It's twofold. Explain a little bit about that kid, like, when he gets to his spot. Is it jump stops? Is it fades? Is it step throughs? Is it one foot? What is it that drew you as, as like, the authority you are um, as far as talent-wise? What was it in his game fundamentally that you liked so much?
0: Well, to answer that question, I mean, he had a little bit of everything that you just mentioned in his bag, um, but I mean, 6'2 guards going up against 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, bigs, uh, if you don't do your stuff the right way, you're going to get your shot blocked, yeah. um, and now, he did get his shot blocked every now and then, but for the mo- most part, he was able to get to the rim, um, guard guard himself, guard the ball, and, man, he finished. Uh, And then just, I mean, lights out shooter, whether it was coming off screens, off the dribble, uh, he was really good in ball screen actions, uh, made the right decision. And the crazy part is he just made it, he's one of those guys that makes it look so easy. um, That just just speaks to his talent and everything. Um, So you could tell he knows the game, he understands what's going on um and everything so no, i was very impressed with him um hopefully i can see him more this spring but uh, yeah he, he was a good one that's for sure
2: so what are you looking forward to this weekend in orlando are there any yes. players and teams
0: uh yeah uh for those of you that don't know uh the live period uh, kicks off this weekend it's, uh, it's going to start friday evening go to sunday afternoon uh, and that's the opportunity for college coaches to get out uh, see some prospective student athletes uh, we've got the southeast southeast live event uh, down in Tavares, florida right outside orlando at the big house great facility um nike eybl is going to be right next door in orlando at disney um so we're we've got a nice strong lineup of teams um ranging from team most Spates. um the, yes the team most Spates from florida we've also got team Mo yeah, Mo Spates. team Mo Spates. uh he's got an alabama team um uh, we've got a couple of sleepers i'm excited to see um but yeah just teams all uh, showtime ballers who've historically had players psb select um the list goes on and on we'll have over 100 teams so i'm really excited to get down there um see some of these guys it's just good to get out you know we're past the covid uh deals uh coaches can get out and come recruit a little bit um, we'll so, back. yes yes for sure and it's great for all of us so yeah i'm uh, i'm really excited to see some more basketball this weekend Dude,
2: I just—I mean, it's this is fun, man. And like, the thing is, you know, just what? Last question to you about uh, about what you've been doing. Why is it so important for you to go out west and evaluate, and not just in, evaluate in the southeast?
0: Well, um, really, I, I've came to the conclusion the West is like—I mean, it's literally the Wild West. Everything is so wide open out there. Uh, I'm used to, you know, being in Atlanta, where you've got three or four different organizations running events, this, there's, not a, there's definitely not a shortage of platforms to get your name out there, give you exposure, um, and that's been my biggest thing from day one, why I started doing this, I want to tell stories, I want to help you get I to, I, I want to help you um, give you the stage, uh, I can't do anything for you. As far as performance, um, but I can give you the stage uh, and it's up to you to perform. And that's what I pride myself on. Um, So uh, it's just another opportunity to give some, you know, a kid that could, you know, have his life changed just because he has a platform. um, And I hope I can do that um, with my outlets, my connections, and everything. Uh, It's awesome. I love it. that's what I was joking around with people uh past few days. I is a long weekend with time change, but it never really hit me. I had to wake up at three o'clock Friday morning to drive. To West Birmingham. Coast is
2: tough, bro. That West drive, Coast will hit you yeah. for a couple of days.
0: Yeah, drive uh drove woke up at three, drove to Birmingham to catch my flight at six. Um grinding. And then got got out to Phoenix and I was like, ah, oh, Friday night is gonna hit me and never did. Uh, Saturday I was all good. Sunday good. Adrenaline. Did, adrenaline didn't adrenaline. get didn't get back to um Birmingham. My flights were delayed. Got got back to Birmingham at one in the morning. Uh got home at two. Got up yesterday morning at six. Went to work. Um and I was still good all Monday, and now it hit me today. Uh, I was feeling it, but I'm still, still rolling. Uh, it's that time of year. I love it. So I, I'm looking forward to getting the spring season going, um, seeing some players.
2: Well, dude, on behalf of all the basketball lovers out there, dude, you, you're good at it, um, and more people need to know how good you are at it. But you're putting the work in, you know, and it's just like anything else. It's like getting in the gym, putting the work in, you know, the fruit. The fruit's been coming, but it's it's coming big now. So, man, this is just an exciting time. I'm glad I'm part of it.
0: Right. Well, good deal. Well, that wraps up uh, episode two of the Marquee Hoops podcast. Uh, be sure to go go back listen to Chris Jans, new Mississippi State head basketball coach. Uh, also, be sure to like and subscribe uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, Bart Heich and Garrett Tucker. Episode 2 of Marky Hoops Podcast signing off.